Hello and welcome to the Go for Bronze podcast. Today on the show, PlayStation has an ultimate logo fail. Mark stays strong in spite of God of War spoilers, and spoilers suck. You have stolen my dreams. Yo, L cannot find his tasty Jack links, and he has been searching. For all that, and more, here are the guys. Hello and welcome to the Go For Bronze podcast, episode 6. I am Joel Torres, and as always with me is Mark Ace Acevedo. Yo, yo, yo. Alright, Mark, so how are you doing this week? How's the week been as a, as a whole? The week has been fine, but today has been frustrating. I know today has been frustrating. Today has been frustrating. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And I'll just say that I had to show an immense level of self-control and composure amidst a difficult situation. <laughs> a difficult situation arose. As we know, in the PlayStation community, a large game has just released to excellent critical acclaim. And we've been playing it, but basically, I had parts of God of War spoiled for me today. That was very difficult. I'm still struggling with it. I'm, I'm still in the grieving period. I don't know what to do with it. So that has been very difficult. The last big game that I can think of that was spoiled for me was Red Dead 2 was completely ruined for me, and I never played it. So I'm really hoping this doesn't have that kind of effect. I don't know if I would say this is the same level of spoiler, but... Uh, unfortunate nonetheless. I was gonna ask, is it like the ending spoiled or Obviously I don't, you don't know say what... it on don't say it on the Yeah, pod. of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, to anyone it. listening Yeah, to anyone listening, do not worry. We'll not be giving any kind of details at all whatsoever. I don't know where it is. All I know is is I haven't seen it yet, and I know that I'm now going to be waiting to see it, and I know that that's going to annoy me. Hopefully, it's something a little earlier on. Maximum so that, weight detected. What I've played so far, I've had a lot of things revealed and like shit happen. So hopefully, it's one of the earlier story beats, so that way you can like actually enjoy the story. Because I do know that you, with Red Dead Two, you had like legitimately the ending spoiled. Yes, with Red Dead, it was like legit whole kitten caboodle. Like the how whole everything happened, for me. like yeah, explanations. Like the, yeah, everything. It was terrible. That I mean, without that, I would have played it. But I had that like detail for detail as like spoiled for me. And like you're saying, that's kind of what is keeping me sane and kind of getting me through the rest of the days. Is I'm thinking that if this thing that I now know happens early, then who cares? Then I'll be able to enjoy the rest of the game. My biggest worry is not knowing where it is and then that's always my like biggest worry is not knowing where it is i, I have to interject yeah, so here. that's i have to interject here and uh so i've known that you have not played red dead redemption 2 and i did not know until just now how badly that was spoiled for you and and uh and yeah i'm i'm so sorry to hear that you have missed out on a very good game yeah yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't It was just a piece of it. it Major was, components. This is the Big Bang, and here's everything leading up to it, how it happens, why it's supposed to hit you, Perhaps and everything about what happens and make after a, that. make a promise to you, the listener, that we will never spoil anything for you. 
Unless it's marked that's, in the spoiler cast. That's not a promise I will keep. I think that at some point, and I think this is fair discussion, there have to be parameters around it. I think that a game of a certain length, okay. like years old, uh, it might, yeah, it depends. How about we you all know? pick a game that we want to spoil and then we just... Okay, God of War say, Ragnarok, right? that's, that's my pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I don't no. want to spoil anything, but yeah, my official yeah. position currently is uh, fuck spoilers. Yeah, no, for sure. And so, yeah, I just basically, I guess there's there's not a, a, a whole lot more to say. Obviously, I won't go into any kind of details, but it was just one of those situations. I'm gonna where, say, do you want to give more details on the on what you were giving in the group chat about the PS5, uh, the fact that this person I mean, wasn't even playing the game? Well, here's the thing, right? Obviously, the source of this information will remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. However, if they are listening to this, hello. And I didn't appreciate it, but hello anyway. <laughs> I'll keep it there. So, yeah, basically in the group chat, not only did these spoilers happen, um, the person also doesn't play the game, hasn't purchased the game. So they're just saying something that they saw online. And then they were, you know, kind of talking about how it was awesome the time when they were scalping a bunch of PS5s. And I'm just like, dang, come on. Like, yeah, that's a very, uh, that's a, that's just and a very, you, I mean, we're talking about video games, but I don't think I brought up God of War either. Oh, really? That's the worst. So that makes sense because I feel like you would have like would have been like, "Hey, don't spoil the fucking game." Because I had to do that with a coworker recently, where it's like, "Hey," because he was getting a little too loosey with the lips talking about the game, and he didn't spoil anything for me. I'm I've been ahead of him, but I'm like, "Hey, like you're talking to me like as if I know exactly where you're at, and if you get ahead of me and spoil the game, I will fucking murder you." That's what I'm saying. There's no context. And I think part of that or part of this whole conversation is that being playing games to the level that we've played them for so long. Ace. I know how to avoid spoilers on the Internet pretty well. I know mm-hmm. how to what not to click on and on YouTube, what not to be looking at on the Internet in general. So I don't get shit recommended to me. That's going to ruin it. So I'm, you know, my guard is down. I'm vulnerable. I'm little fawn just walking in the jungle. And then this motherfucker has to just drop this shit on me and I don't know what to do with it. That's where the composure comes in. That's where the staying strong comes in. That's when you just smile and say, oh, okay, cool. Even if it's a rainy day, you smile. Yeah, even if, even if it's a rainy day. So, But I feel like anyway. even sites are getting kind of like a little loosey. Like, like IGN well, hasn't sure. spoiled anything, but I'm like, you're talking a lot about stuff in the game. Like they've mentioned I would that, agree. like all the poems are like references to video games, like PlayStation exclusives. And I was like, well, like I didn't fucking know that. And that would have been cool to like realize on my own. And you know what sucks about that? Now, this might just be me being overly sensitive and you guys can tell me if that's the case or, or not. I but will. I, I saw that as well. <laughs> and you know what my response to that was? What? Now when I pick up a poem in game, I just don't even read it. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. They already said that. Well, what I look for is I just look for the the cover of it kind of lets you know what game it is for. Which gotcha. I which I see, which I was like on the lookout for because now I was like, okay, let me see if there's anything that physically denotes them from being a part of each other. And then I'm like, oh look, this one has like a little like ratchet and clank ear. Yeah, gotcha. Well, I'm sure you just ruined that for someone, so I mean fucking IGN posted it. I feel like it's fair game. Yeah, but games games have been getting spoiled in general a lot recently because a lot of these big releases will have their full stories leaked before the game releases. So it's just something that you have to pay attention to and be careful of. But 
I guess I wasn't careful enough, and uh, I lost. I feel so. like it's happened like the, with the PlayStation exclusives for some reason. Not saying it's like targeted towards you know PlayStation. Why? I would just say because PlayStation has good stories, so then therefore well, yeah. it's like more fun to spoil that. I guess if you're a piece of shit. I would. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I think it's easily because they're PlayStation exclusives that are specifically cinematic and score like tens. Yeah, like the, the worst situation. Part two. Yeah, the worst situations is always the best games. It's Last of Us Part 2, God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2. It's the games that you don't fucking want spoiled. That You know what I think it is, too? And maybe I'm sounding a little bit too animated. If you guys think I need a cool off, you no, can I let love me know. But I, 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 I need I it at 7 it, o'clock at night. Part of it is when you are playing a lot of games in general and you're playing a lot of different varieties you're hitting all kinds of qualities and you understand that when there's a special game you know how special a game can be when you're playing a bunch of mediocre or not Mm -hmm. as good games and so you wait a long time for something games take a really long time to be made and so you under as as a gaming aficionado a nicer way of saying gamer is you understand that you're waiting for this thing and you want to experience it the way you want to experience it. I think that when these uh, kind of historical landmark games come out and score tens everywhere and everyone's talking about them, I think you get some of the filthy casuals in the mix. And mm-hmm. when you get the filthy casuals in the mix, they don't understand that nuance of don't ruin this for other people and specifically the way you talk about it, right? Like me and you have talked about God of War, but we're so fucking careful that we know we wouldn't be able to Jeez. even like spoil where you are, where I'm at, and that kind of stuff. And I think it's also just a we do like a quick hour check. How many hours are you in the game? I'm so yeah. and so. So if you're like I'm eleven, I think last time I last time I clocked off yesterday, I was like eleven and a half hours. And I know you're not nowhere near that, so I'm like, you can tell no. me everything that you're experiencing, so that way I don't yeah. like it's you know just a little level of decorum that you have with these, like you said, the bigger titles, because it's like everybody wants to experience it. This is what's in the zeitgeist at the moment. And then, you know, in like two, three weeks, once everybody's like finished it, then you can like, you know, you dive into your spoiler cast. But, you you know, you go to your select communities that you know where people are going to be talking about it. But you give it time. Like the game hasn't even been out for a full week. But another thing, too, that, that I find specifically hateful, and that's kind of coming back to the, I feel like a little bit more casual players kind of joining in the conversation or spreading things or ruining it is... Say you have these excellent games, a couple of weeks or maybe a month or two after they're out, nobody is talking about them at all anyway, so they won't be spoiled. So it's almost like they're specifically just going to ruin it for people for either attention on the internet, which we know is true, because you fucking YouTubers that post gameplay of final bosses with that as the image, you know what you're doing. But that, I, to some degree, I understand, because there's a business game there, and I know how to avoid it. But the other thing is what I'm saying, right, where it's like... You can have a that as a more title, casual. but the screenshot or the thumbnail should not be legitimately yeah. the final boss. Exactly. So, anyway, it's it's interesting, yeah, to think that like even well, uh, right after these games come out a little bit, yeah, you're gonna have your spoiler cast out there that if you want to listen to, you can. But people aren't like actively trying to ruin it. But when a game is fresh and hot, and you know what, another thing is too, these games that are fresh and hot and fucking tens, they're long games. <sighs> So Not you can't a lot even of people are going to be able to finish them yeah. yeah, quickly, even if they try to. Admittedly, I might be playing it a little bit slower than I should be, but I'm enjoying the hell out of it, or it was, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, I'm just, uh, we'll see. I'm worried for my own excitement 
about it. I you can. I'm definitely back, worried. Yeah, that definitely sucked when you hit when you hit the group chat with that. I was like, this fucking blows. Because I was like, damn. Yeah. Because I know how that can like not motivate you to finish a game, and it just sucks. Not yeah, just we'll you just, specifically, we'll... like the royal you, like anybody. Because that's happened with me with certain it's games. Over, but then sometimes I don't know. Sometimes spoilers can motivate me because there's definitely been like like games or something I've asked you to like. No, like, tell me what this is about so that way I can be more motivated to play it. Yeah. But that's but, upon request. And I that does make sense. That's like, give me a reason to play it. I'm at a point where I would, without knowing any any information, I mean, there's no no doubt I'm going to play. And it's over. I'm going to sniff every fucking inch of this game. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But... Anyway, I think I think for now I'll, I'll maybe wrap up on that. But just for the deep lore for people who are interested, I got Red Dead Two ruined for me, and Joel actually had Red Dead One ruined for him. Different sources in all different situations, but Joel did have Red Dead One ruined for him by my fucking little brother. Piece of shit. Yeah. Also, main main things. So. Oh yeah, both were funny. Both were like legitimately the ending. Kind of kind of similar in things if you think about it but notably notably i did and i know i'm kind of going on a tangent here but i do remember this because it's one of those things that i feel guilty about i think about it sometimes when i go to sleep at night is it was not really a major plot point but i did spoil a small portion of dead space for joel you did what'd you spoil you see you don't even remember it now but i remember it should we not but say with the remake can coming? That's the thing is the remake comes out in January, so I don't know if I should say. There it. might be some newbies because I mean Justin's never played Dead Space and he's eighteen, so you know, just these fucking kids are wet behind the ears. Yeah, all I know is is uh, I, I did spoil something for you, and I actually do think about that sometimes. I think about what I spoiled for you in Ghost of Tsushima, and that made you not want to play it, and that wasn't oh, even that yeah. big of a deal. No, That's no, 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 not no. even a big no, hold deal. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all. First of all, it is a big deal. You're saying it's not a big deal because you spoiled it. But let's just give me a second here. Great job pulling that up because that's yet another fantastic, excellent game that I have not finished. Spoilers have a fucking impact on me because they're really long games and I'm going to wait for it to happen. That's my thing. And what you told me, which I'll be kind and I won't spoil, is something that I know I'm just going to be fucking waiting for it to happen. And I know it's a later game thing. Yeah, but it's not that big of a deal. When I spoil yeah, it, it's yeah. not that big of a deal. Anyway, anyway. Uh, you know there are severity levels of spoilers but no kind of spoiler is really helpful unless like you're saying if it's requested or you need motivation to play it which at that point i feel like it's not a spoiler because a spoiler i feel like is you're already gonna do it and you don't want to know because you want to experience it yeah i agree different kind of things But, but yeah enough spoiler talk enough spoiler talk yeah we'll see i mean we'll probably get back to that at some point but uh, yeah, this weekend or this week for me, I've been on the hunt for Jack Link skins because I know Mark mentioned it last week and we're on our Call of Duty Modern Warfare craze. Also, by the way, for the listeners, Warzone does drop this week. I don't think that I didn't see that mentioned in the write up. So I just wanted to PSA Warzone. Yes, yeah, so Warzone drops tomorrow, November 16th. So by the time you're listening to this. It'll probably be out, but Warzone 2 drops November 16th at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific time. And if you're preloading the game, if you're if you do not have Modern Warfare 2, you can preload the game Warzone 2 from the store. It's 115 gigabytes. If you already have Modern Warfare 2, you only have to download a three gigabyte update and you do not have to download 115 gig update. So if you already own Modern Warfare 2, a lot of those files are already installed on your system. Just a PSA because it was very confusing for me. 
So if you have Modern Warfare 2, it's more already in that one package. But if you don't have Modern Warfare 2, you have to download Warzone 2 as its own thing for free. And it will ask you to purchase Modern Warfare, but you don't have to. Mm, Okay. Good PSA out there. But uh, Warzone is uh, dropping tomorrow, and I will not be dropping in the uh, Jack Lang's ghillie suit because there are fucking savages out here in this world. And I went to um, a Walmart. And I found all the Jack Links. I was like, wow, I saw the green one, you know, special dill spicy picker, whatever the fuck, stupid flavor. I sent Mark a picture of the actual thing. Cause I'm like, where the fuck is the code on this thing? And then he sent me a picture. Like, oh, there's supposed to be a flap somewhere on it. And then every single fucking Jack Links, there was like 20 of them. I kid you not. All of them ripped the fuck up. Everybody ripped off the goddamn code. And everybody else has... My double XP and my weapons XP. Now, granted, was I going to the store to do this exact same thing? Yes. But I was going to have decency. I was going to do one, max two. I wasn't going to do fucking seven, eight, ten. These people are savages. They just ran through the whole fucking goddamn Walmart. So now I'm not going to be dropping on my ghillie suit. But I will be dropping in my Mountain Dew. Unfortunately, you won't be dropping in your ghillie suit. However, another PSA before they patch it, or if it is already fixed, is if you want to have the Jack Links or any calling card and emblem, for example, if you go into a private match and go to the Call of Duty League modes and go to your showcase, you actually have access to every single calling card and emblem in the game regardless of if you had those codes or did those challenges and if you want to just equip something you can so if you've been playing multiplayer and you've been like seeing people and you're like how do they have this crazy anime girl skin the battle pass is not out that's how they've been doing it they go to private match and then they just put on whatever card they want it doesn't i don't know about unlock they're just all shown as unlock but you can equip it and then when you leave the private match it stays on your name Mm. This does not work for blueprints or operators, although you can look at the blueprints and operators in the game files in that private match. However, the things that you can do is in your showcase, you can put an operator you don't have, a blueprint you don't have, and all of the rest. But the things you actually can keep with you are calling cards and emblems for the moment. I could see that getting patched, but okay, not right too now, big of a deal. Looked, yeah, if you've looked at mine, that's why my emblem and calling card are dope as fuck. It's not because I earned anything. Okay, you're a little cheating piece of shit. I mean, it's not cheating. And if that's cheating, what you're going to do, ripping off the spicy dill pickle, that's the same shit. What you did? What you were going to do. What you did? <laughs> what you did? I'll spoil God of War right now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I won't. I would never. I promise. I'll spoil it. I couldn't it. do it. Don't do it. But yeah, no, Warzone 2, I mean, comes out. I'm extremely excited. There's like, it's, I'm almost hesitant to talk about it because there's so much I could talk about that I would just be annoying and you would have to try to shut me up. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can save it for next week when we dive actually more into it and actually play it. But I am also very excited. Uh, but I will not be dropping with my Jack Lang skin and that is a little disappointing, but that's all good. But, uh, before we get into the news is. topics, Mark, let's talk about what we have been playing. We obviously already mentioned God of War Ragnarok, but uh, is there anything else you want to speak to the game in terms of its actual quality? We were talking about the spoilers, but how do you feel about the game so far? Are you able to remove the spoilers from your mind and give us your objective opinions of it so far? I feel like it's fantastic. Okay. In a number of ways, I think it looks gorgeous. It's running beautifully at 
extremely high frame rates on that performance mode on i'm sure for you as well on our brand new 2.1 enabled tvs so the game looks fantastic plays fantastic i love the cinematic nature of it and how it plays with what you're expecting in a creative way that even if you play every game under the sun it's still interesting And I would just say that it does a great job of following up the 2018 God of War and feeling like an actual really continuation rather than just a kind of cut off separate thing. I don't really have anything negative to say about it. The only thing for me personally is, unfortunately, I did have the spoiler, but even prior to the spoiler the game is really starting to open up for me now and I can get intimidated sometimes with games and that's starting to happen a little bit where it's opening up and it's becoming larger in terms of what I can do. And I was actually extremely happy with the smaller scale that I had been presented early on. And so I'm sure that I'll still enjoy it and be excited, but I get a little intimidated by that. So I'm hoping that, that intimidation and the spoilers don't drop me off because you know it can be intimidating when you see a game with a hog that that's that that's that big you know? exactly you know you're like i don't know what to do with that i don't think my jaw unlocks like that i mean for me that's been red dead that's been witcher i arguably that's been horizon i don't know if that's the same level of yeah but witcher and witcher horizon and is red definitely dead, that right? level of yeah in terms of platinuming it and absolutely forbidden west yeah so, but with God of War, I think it's fantastic. I don't want to talk about it too much because even gameplay elements, I don't want to be spoiling anything. I think it's really fantastic. It, no matter what kind of games you enjoy, you should pick it up and play it. There is no question you'll enjoy it. It's so cinematic that Liz is watching it with me almost every time that I play it and she's really enjoying it too. And she didn't even know about the first one. So, and the game does a really good job of catching you up if you didn't play the first one. They have like a nice recap and it it uh, it's, it's just it's really excellent. It's a really fantastic game. The Gran Turismo movie has begun filming and the crew shares behind the scenes photo on Twitter. The post can be found on the Sony Pictures account on Twitter and the post says the following. Filming is now underway on the Gran Turismo movie based on the inspiring true story of a Gran Turismo player, Jan Mardenborough, who won a series of gaming competitions leading him to become an actual race car driver. The picture shows a film slate with a Gran Turismo logo on it. However, this Gran Turismo logo is incorrect. Somehow, the first thing that they show of the production is wrong. Now, I need to bring this to the attention because I think that this is not a huge deal, but it's blatant disrespect, and I'm surprised nobody... I haven't seen anyone really talking about this except for a couple of comments scattered here and there. So... To give an explanation on to what is actually wrong about the logo, when you look at the film slate, you see the GT logo with the G part of it being blue and the rest of the under part being red. The actual correct logo for the first two generations of the logo was blue on the outside and a blue as the first little vertical line and then red as the other two, not red for all three. And then in around 2013, around GT6, they changed it from being the color logo to being just a white logo. So you guys can fact check this. You can either look at the Gran Turismo games you own or you can look online. This is 100% the incorrect logo, but I wanted to bring it up because I think it's just... It's a movie that when we were discussing the PlayStation Productions pillar trying to 
segue into the multimedia of these different IP. When you think about Gran Turismo, you know that it's cars, but what really is going to make it Gran Turismo? And one of the easiest things to differentiate it is the logo, which they've already messed up. So I want to know, Joel, and and even Joe, you know, just basically, we, we all play this game, what you guys think about this. Well, it's definitely not off to the best of starts if you can't even get the most simplest thing down, which is the logo itself. So that was pretty interesting. And also, I would also agree with what you said that I did not see a lot of people talking about this at all. Like you were the first person that brought it to my attention. Obviously, we got the everybody was talking about the behind the scenes look of the Grand Turismo story. And I was like, oh, well, go for bronze breaking news. Unfortunately, I think that Gran Turismo normally flies under the radar, even in PlayStation-centric circles. So I wanted to make sure I brought it up because I was impressed nobody mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Because it's a headline, I think. I think so as well. It shows a shocking lack of attention to detail and sort of shows that it's a cash grab, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the energy that a lot of these TV, TV show uh, TV shows like movies from PlayStation productions kind of have that little cash grab feel. Maybe like, you know, they tried it. Maybe I hope that they all turn out well. I hope that they go in with the best intentions, but in realistic, like a realistic perspective is that, yes, these are all just cash grabs and just trying to like expand the IP out more to like the more normies. So more people even know what Gran Turismo is. But I mean, if you can't even get the logo right, that's definitely not a good sign. And then also, it's weird, too, because Polyphony Digital, gosh, is like super, is a studio that's really big on the details. Like, they pay attention to details. Like, they fucking take a picture of, like, every pebble on a track to make sure it's good. And obviously, that's a video game company, not a movie production company. But you would think they would have a little bit of say in the terms of the movie and just making sure everything was good. Yeah, no, I totally agree. If if when you think about Gran Turismo 7, you know that they put a lot of a lot of attention into the tracks, like where the rain goes, how your tires get wet, the physics that go into it. Now, it's definitely a stark contrast to think that they put that much attention to detail in it, and now PlayStation Productions isn't even getting the first detail correct about the movie, obviously, we haven't seen anything past just this picture, so this is all we have to go off of. The little bit of information that we know, <clears throat> excuse me, is that the director attached to it is Neil Blomkamp, who made District 9 and Elysium, and Midsummer Star, I'm saying that kind of in quotes, is leading the cast. His name is Archie Madaque, I think. I, if I'm butchering that name, I apologize. The reason why I kind of say that in quotes is because I love Midsommar, and this is like probably the most tertiary character to the main core group. So calling him the star of it is a little bit, uh, a little much. And then alongside of him will be David Harbour, Orlando Bloom, Digimon Hansu, and a couple of others. Now, something that I did also want to mention here is that we're seeing this behind-the-scenes picture that filming has started. But it also has a date here that Gran Turismo will be racing into theaters August 11th, 2023. I don't know if I have my timeline wrong, but that seems awfully fast for a movie. I feel like movies... I think movies are normally on like a two-year. But maybe this had like pre-production and stuff like that is already done. I think once the filming starts, like from filming to getting it on screen, I think is like a six to eight month process. Because actual filming, I think, is anywhere between like 24 and 36 weeks. And maybe they just don't have that much post that they would have to do. 
And then, yeah, if it's all practical car stuff, then it might be more of like editing based stuff in terms of like adding stuff and the, and like, you know, fake shit, like CGI. Yeah. So I'm just hoping that with the future, because there are plenty other projects under PlayStation production. So I'm hoping with those, we see a little bit more care right off the gate. This also comes, uh, comes to me a little bit highlighted right after we saw the Fallout promo shot from Amazon Prime. And I thought that looked very good. So. I'm yeah, gonna you're talking about the, the show writer for that, um, J- Jonathan Nolan. Yeah, it's Jonathan he was actually, Nolan. He's like, hey, he's Jonathan Nolan, which is like, you know, it's a big deal. He's well acclaimed in terms of his writing abilities with you know his brother Christopher Nolan and their movies. And then also, you're saying that he's like a genuine fan. I haven't really heard anything from the production side of anybody making this movie. Talk about Gran Turismo. What's their favorite game? How do they feel about the franchise? It just kind of seems like well. Hey, we're, we make movies. Our studio told us to make this movie. We're going to make this movie. That's kind of the vibe it has behind it. I couldn't Not agree more, especially considering even if you are a real fan, it, at least for me, I can't really think of what kind of story I would tell. Yeah. Considering the I mean, kind of game that it is. When you think about Fallout, you have a well-established world, but you can tell anything you want, but just have some parameters to go in. But with Gran Turismo, I, I definitely agree. It's a little bit a little bit hard to imagine what you would want to get out of it. Yeah. Well, that was a little bit disappointing news. And then uh, we have a little bit... Uh, I mean, I don't know if this is disappointing news. The next story, it's mixed news, we'll I would see. say. We got, some, we got some additional details that I'll cover, too, that aren't in the show notes, but I, I'll cover them as well. So... For this, what what he's referring to is the fact that there has been a patent uncovered that Sony patented back in July of 2021 for NFT and blockchain technology. So this patent, reported first by Eurogamer, is called Tracking Unique In-Game Digital Assets Using Tokens on a Distributed Ledger. And the included diagram lays out mechanics for tracking changes in ownership, visual appearance, or metadata of these digital assets. Now, the patent says the digital assets could range from moments of gameplay to in-game items or characters. A couple of small notes I want to say about this. Number one, this was patented back in July of 2021. This has, at least in terms of the documentation, has nothing to do with PlayStation Stars. As we now know, PlayStation Stars has launched with digital collectibles, but you can't sell them, trade them, or get any kind of real money use for them. The other little tidbit of information I will say here is with PlayStation's recent acquisition of Evo, at Evo 2022, they did survey people if they had NFT purchasable items, what kind of things they would be interested in. Now, I don't know if they made it public what the answers to that survey was, but I know that that survey was out there. The little piece of information I kind of wanted to throw in here for you, Joel, is just briefly... I know that I saw Naughty Dog recently hired the person responsible for creating Fortnite's Battle Pass and monetization system. Now, I know these are different things. If you're listening, I know that NFT and blockchain technology, this is not related to Battle Passes. But the reason why I mention it is that we're seeing Sony make more almost more moves that can be seen as aggressive for predatory. monetary reasons. Yeah, predatory or just more... Yeah, exactly. More upfront about it. So 
I don't know. What do you think about this? I don't have a lot of experience with NFTs or blockchain in general. I feel like you and Joe both have a little bit more experience. But in terms of video games, I know that it's not really something that I'm interested in because I can only see it being something that would make things less fun for a game. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm too much into the NFT game. I don't have any NFTs under my name. Uh, I was a little bit of a crypto guy, but it was 2021. It was the pandemic. I feel like everybody was into crypto and NFTs. So, you know, I can't blame Sony for getting into the game back then. But overall, this is just kind of, I don't know. This is weird. I don't want to integrate it at all with my games. I don't know really how it works with games. I've obviously heard multiple game studios try it and they try to explain it. It just doesn't really click for me because... Because then they always argue that, oh, when you buy your Call of Duty skins, that's basically like an NFT. But I'm like, so then why are we phrasing it like this if we already have a system for this? So, Well, and on top of what you're saying, I first of all, I completely agree in the sense that whenever they try to come out and describe it, they themselves seem confused about it. Not to say that I'm an expert on it, but I, I know a little bit or I can gather some information from what they're saying. And so from what I understand is... They're trying to give the example that let's say you get red gun number one, right? Well, according to this NFT and blockchain kind of thing, that would assume that that red gun number one only exists one time and it belongs to you. So them making the argument of you buying a Call of Duty skin is similar is not really a good example because everyone on the entire planet can buy that skin and it's not unique. Now... The reason why I say that in kind of an important measure is because buying skins can be annoying, but also it's just content in a game and you're, you know what you're getting up front. Whereas the difficulty or the challenge I see with this is if you put an item in game that's dope, then you're going to have people going crazy for it and spending a ridiculous amount of money on a single item. And that just kind of only reduces the fun for everyone because the people that don't have it are going to be like, what the fuck? I don't have it. It's not available to me. And then the person who does have it spent $9,000 on it and they purchased something that is probably not actually worth $9,000. So I, I see Joe is making some facial reactions. I don't know if what I'm saying is correct or incorrect, just in terms of the technology side of it. But the uniqueness is what I see as both being the actual reason for it and the reason why they would want to do it so that they can make cash out of it. But then in addition to all of those things, that's also would make it kind of not fun. That just makes it a commodity, not like enjoyable. So I could see if they were going to use it. First of all, uh, first of all, don't try to break into the crypto space. If you're uh, if you're PlayStation, I just, you know, I, that's just kind of my take on it. If they were going to do it, they would have to integrate it like all back end. And I would, hope that they would limit it to like the PlayStation stars collectibles and that any kind of swapping would just happen in app. So, you know, I mean, there are a lot of different applications for it. It depends what they're going to try to do with it. Also, if you can't explain it, like you're explaining it to a five-year-old, you don't, you know, you don't understand it well enough. So they should probably do a little bit more work on that end as well before they start uh, making press press releases and things like that. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, yeah, I was just saying, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I I agree with what you're saying. Luckily enough, I don't think that this is 
either something that they're actively pursuing at the moment or something that they even want to talk about because this wasn't a press release. It was a a patent, albeit also an old patent. So it's one that they probably tried to not have so public because this is kind of uncovered late in the game. And like you were saying, when you think about that kind of technology, one of the most obvious things would be PlayStation Stars and the fact that they already launched without that makes me think that they might have patented this and then when all the other companies tried to do it and failed in explaining it, then they might have just been like, you know, let's just not say anything and take that away from it. And, I mean, good on them if that's how they played it because PlayStation Stars is really not getting in the way of anyone's fun and kind of only adds. It's free. I enjoy it. I mean, so I'm biased in saying that, but it, it doesn't... The thing that I think is specific for me to say is that it doesn't take any fun away from any other person. Hmm. I think also, like like you said, this wasn't a press release, and also big companies patent a bunch of shit all the time that they don't use. So it could just be one of the meaningless patents. They're like, "Hey, let's if this NFT thing does blow up, let's make sure we have our ducks in a row, and we don't have to like you know on the legalese side get fucked over by some fourteen year old that made a patent on our behalf. We got to give somebody like half a million dollars to get the naming rights for Sony NFTs. The just in case patent, yeah." Yeah, it could be yeah. that too. That's 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 probably what I think it is, honestly. Because I mean, they have to have seen all the negative feedback that all the other games that have tried to integrate NFT technology into their stuff. So they pro- they know not to do this. But honestly, it just sounds like PlayStation and Sony just doing way too much. You got too many. You got the services are not. I don't think the services are really firing on all cylinders. We'll get into that later on and what's coming to the services. In terms of the premium level. And then also, like, the games. We don't know what the fuck is coming out. Uh, like, God of War Ragnarok, I feel like, is the last, like, known thing that we know about in Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine. But other than that, I really don't know what other games are going to be coming to this the console. And then you got all these fucking movies and goddamn TV shows. It's just like... Sony, I feel like, kind of needs to focus up a little bit and just hone in and make sure that everything that they're investing their time into is executing on all cylinders instead of spreading themselves so thin which i kind of feel like is happening at the moment it definitely seems that way i would agree we don't have a clear schedule as to what is really coming although it's hard to give them in terms of just the games it's hard to give them too much uh shit considering god of war's kind of excellent nature yeah and even if they release games at a slower pace but they're excellent it's I would say it's okay, but I definitely agree. Uh, the multimedia stuff, not really super into. Don't even know if I'll see them, to be honest, especially when there's more of them. There's a novelty to there only being a few, even if they're not good. But if you have a bunch that are not good or even mediocre, you're totally going to miss me with that, at least. And then uh, in terms of, yeah, we don't know what's upcoming really for them. And it. Right. So what I was going to say, sorry, I'm kind of just circling around, figuring out what I was trying to say. What I was going to say is that talking about just getting their ducks in order kind of with these patents, we're going to talk about this when we talk about the games that are on offer for PlayStation Plus this month. But thinking about that, there was a previous patent so that they could put trophies retroactively in games that didn't have them. And that never really came to fruition. Even though that exists, they never used it. So that's just kind yeah. of one of those patents that I remember being excited about that never came. So the like you're saying, these things do happen and we're just going to have to see. But I agree. There's some, the waters that Sony is in are scary for sure. Everything might mm-hmm. be okay, but might really not be. I think it's the, the silence is deafening 
and not really in a positive way. I think the silence was deafening in an exciting way for this past year, but now that we're kind of having the final release of what should be the early section of the generation, I definitely feel the worry. Yeah, I feel, I mean, the only saving grace is like you said, the games are great. Excellent. Amazing. You know, the, the variations of those words, but nothing is coming out. That's like ass. Everything, everything is being received well, but, and then also I feel like all the exclusives we know about are third party exclusives that are one year, six months, who knows how long they're going to be exclusive for these deals. I feel like change with, with every trailer release, the deal changes, you know, the wording changes, the phrasing, you know, it's, it was a console exclusive. Now it's six months exclusive. I'm looking at you, Final Fantasy 16. Like, I don't. So it's yeah. just weird. Like you said, it's just a really weird time and weird waters that uh, Sony is in. And I wish they had better control of the situation. Yeah, I wish they did too. And uh, we're definitely going to get back to that. But I just wanted to quickly, uh, first of all, good transition. But I did want to just quickly rapid fire through without looking it up. So this is off the top of my head. And I want to see if you know any other ones. So currently what I know for PlayStation exclusives that we know coming out is we have Spider-Man 2 and we have Wolverine, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Helldivers 2, Silent Hill 2 Remake, which is exclusive for a period of time, Final Fantasy 16. And then maybe one or two other VR titles, but I think that's it. Yeah. And then Last of Us Factions, which has also, no year um, or anything. The Rise of the Ronin. Rise the, of the Ronin. Does Ghost of Tsushima look alike? So there was like two of them that I thought were like console exclusives. You're right. So, but important to still note, really, no first party. I mean, first party, I guess, would be the VR Horizon game and the Last of Us Factions, which. We'll see. We don't oh, know yeah, about factions. But, That's yeah, true. But factions is getting the Fortnite guys. So get ready to get your factions battle pass. Hey, battle pass, I think is better than loot box. And I agree. I still think you're going to pay 70 for factions though. That's my guess. Uh, yeah, I guess that's yeah. I mean, Which yeah, is, that's I mean modern warfare does it. That is true, but you at least get a campaign with it. Regardless of how you feel about the campaign, you do get, you know, a campaign. Yeah. And you get full on multiplayer separate from the war zone. It's because this seems like I mean, I are you I don't know what I'm expecting out of factions. I, I don't know. I'm not expecting it having it multiple game modes. I mean, I don't know. On my mind it could be anything at this point. It could be like a division type of game. It can be like a battle royale. Like the way they kind of describe it as being live service and ongoing, it seems like it's leaning towards more like a Destiny 2 division style PvE kind of game. Yeah, uh, it's, we'll just have to see. And they, they need to show more than just one concept image. But going back to what you said with having the situation in control, we've kind of known about this a little bit. But now Remedy has confirmed that Control 2 is in development for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series and PC. So Remedy Entertainment tweeted in a post saying, we have signed an agreement with 505 Games to co-develop and co-publish Control 2, a sequel to Control. Of course, Control 2 is a sequel to Control. I don't know who wrote that post. Also, (laughs) this game will have a budget of around $50 million, which is close to double the original. The original had a budget of $30 million. To give a perspective or a comparison, Witcher 3 is 80 mil and Red Dead is somewhere between 80 and 100 mil. So... This will have close to double the budget. They did say, of course, that they're very excited and, you know, they're kind of regular developer marketing speak, but they just said that it's in very early stages. But if you want to look, <clears throat> if you want to look at it, there is a concept image out currently. 
it's a concept art image, so it's not rendered in game, but it gives you some kind of it. You know, it feels like control. So this was the game that was own, under code name Heron, mm-hmm. and people. This was the one that people were assuming was a spinoff, but is not. It's actually a full blown sequel to the 2019 release. And then they also have a multiplayer game in the in this series, also in development, but. I'm really excited. I mean, I love the game. I, what What do you think about this? Um, yeah, we kind of hinted at it because, like we said, but with Project Heron is that people, like you said, thought it was either going to be a spinoff or a Control Two. It turns out it's Control Two. Obviously, that, I think that's better. We don't need the expansion of the universe. We have a storyline, so just follow through. But uh, I'm interested to see how Control Two, um, just where it goes. I really, I don't know. I feel like I forgot all about Control 1. I just kind of know the ending and the status that your that the protagonist has at the end of it. But other than that, I kind of, the story beats are kind of like fuzzy to me. Maybe I might have to like replay the PS5 version of it before the sequel comes out. But um, I mean, I'm excited. I love Control. When it came out, I, it was definitely, what year did it, that come out? Was that 2019? 2019. And funny you ask, I wanted to say something interesting I saw that I forgot was that this was IGN's game of the year for 2019, even though they only gave say. it an 8 out of 10. But I didn't think I mean, 2019 was a weak year, but maybe it was. I'm, I'm trying to think what else came out because I was like, I feel like that probably was maybe my game, my personal game of the year. But uh, yeah, Control's definitely was like a very nice bright spot in the ps4 generation it's a new ip even though it has ties now to alan wake as we know it's officially canon that there's ties to alan wake but it's still a new ip within its own right i thought that uh the protagonist was very fun i believe her name is jesse right i think so not positive the com the combat was fantastic like the atmosphere of the game is awesome so more control more money to make it look better play smoother i'm totally down for that yeah, same. I don't have much to say other than I know that I'll play it for sure. It was a very yeah. enjoyable game. I did get the platinum for it. I did not play the expansions, which may be similar to you. Maybe I'll have to go back to play the expansions on the PS5 version. I did play Alan Wake Remastered, so any kind of connection I'll actually be able to understand now if I do play the expansions. And I believe Alan Wake 2 is also gonna is coming out before Control 2, and I think they all are kind of intermeshing. Yeah, the Remedy connected universe. Max Payne's coming in next. Max, yeah, the Max Payne remakes. I mean, we don't know what they have in that. Maybe it is connected. Yeah, Remedy, Remedy does have a lot going on. I mean, I'm excited for most of those projects outside of all those, those few multiplayer projects, but the single player projects are very interesting what they got going on over there. Well, let's just go ahead and see because talking about companies being spread thin, let's have them release some of this before, you know, because their last release was in 2019. So. It'll be four years. It's going on three years now. Yeah, so not to uh, die down any excitement for it, but just to kind of say what we were saying earlier, that you have to be smart in the way that you're putting these things in production because they all take time, they all take money, but you don't want to have them all suffer in quality because you just signed up to do too much. Yeah, I, I agree. And it also, I don't know, I don't like games kind of being developed in public like I, I like I missed the secrecy when I was like, boom, we have this project, it's coming out, and that's it. 
like you know i'm starting to miss e3 in that sense where it's like that's where proper announcements were happening because this control 2 thing was weird because it was hinted at when they were talking about the project heron thing and then now it's official and it's like it kind of just i feel like it didn't it wasn't a proper announcement for what i would consider to be a pretty anticipated sequel I agree. You don't get that same. This is something that we talk about time and time again. You don't get that same shock factor you used to get where you just boom, the game's in front of you and you're taking it all in and it's impressive and your jaw's on the floor. It doesn't really happen the same way now because you get such a steady drip of information that by the time you get the game, you've kind of already had it in your head for a couple of years at that point. You might have seen concept art. The whole fucking story might have leaked on Twitter. The gameplay has already had six breakdowns before the game came out so exactly. I, I agree the way that games are marketed sometimes or well i guess a majority of the time now can be frustrating you can stay away from it but you'll know about these things well in advance which i'm sure is what they want so that it's just in your head and you remember about it but it does it can make it less fun they all that stuff but and, uh, speaking of things that are fun and free yeah, speaking of things that are fun and free, which still doesn't seem to be good enough for people, is that Witcher 3 <laughs> is getting a next-gen release this holiday for free. So the free next-gen update that has been delayed multiple times will finally be releasing on December 14th for owners of The Witcher 3, the digital version specifically. The update will include dozens of visual, performance, and technical enhancements over the original. These enhancements include ray tracing support, faster loading times on console, as well as a variety of mods integrated into the experience as stated by CD Projekt Red in a press release. The update will release digitally first with all DLC included and will have a physical edition release at a later unannounced date. Now, this will be coming for free if you own the game. Just a side note that I wanted to throw in here is recently CD Projekt Red also announced that the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion Phantom Liberty will be a paid DLC in 2023, which is really not surprising at all. Of course it would be paid. It is a large-scale expansion, but I wanted to bring it up because I guess people were confused and or upset because they thought it should be free. I mean, that's dumb. That's dumb, eh? Because it's like... Even with this uh, company's track record, CD Projekt Red, I, I believe Witcher had two to three expansions, all paid. All so paid. I don't know why. You, don't know why you would think it would change here. I understand that people are trying to compare it to the the like the not expansion, the little DLC the little that was added runners, to the, yeah. the little edge runner stuff, and it's like that's a little update. And again, that is a part of this company's history. They have done that. They have done pretty like small, substantial updates to Witcher three. And they give me a decent amount of stuff for free, but anything that, you know, requires writing and VO and cutscenes and booths and new areas, that's going to cost money because that costs production. It's not adding just items into the game or even a skill or something like this is, you know, people put work and people are paid to do this. So you have to pay to get it. I don't know why there's such a confusion or there was yeah. even any question that Phantom Liberty was going to be free. I agree. I just saw that and I was surprised that it was a story. Exactly like you said it. If you want something that's going to be high quality, you have to pay for it. It's not going to be free. And you're not... Even even though Cyberpunk did release in a poor state, that doesn't really mean that because of I that... I guess that's, yeah, that's justification for this one specifically. Well, there could be. But even then, they did give you Edge Runners free. And they did completely mm-hmm. pretty... Not completely. I'm sure there's still bugs. But they did do... A, 
a significant job of improving the quality of the game in addition to releasing a next-gen version of it and making sure that stuff is in order. And so you got to remember that at the end of the day, they're not forcing the cash out of your wallet. If you're upset at the way a game releases, you got to remember, don't pre-order games. A lot of these games do that. And so that's not saying that the poor release is the consumer's fault, because of course it's not. But if you're paying for something sight unseen then you're not blameless in that transaction. So if you saved your money, you could have got Cyberpunk for like $5. And then this expansion is no big deal. So yeah, you could have, you you could have got it for sale and spent more money on the expansion than the actual game. um, And had a better experience. Agreed. So just PSA. Yeah. If you want to enjoy your games, you're going to have to pay for them. Cause of course there are some people being like, Oh, well on game pass shut up, you know? Are you actually playing any of those games? Now, speaking about that, I actually am really excited to play this because Witcher 3 is something that I struggle to get into on PS4. So with this next-gen version, maybe I'll try to hop into it again. This is another one of those games that intimidated me with the size of its, you know, a little intimidating. Very large game. It is a very large game. Didn't have anything spoiled for me. Just the open world started to pop up. I don't even know if you could, honestly. That's the thing. so much. Yeah. (laughs) So, but I'm excited for this for sure. And we do have the game, so it will be free. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the best part is that. Yeah. If you own, if you own it, you get it for free, which I do. That's what I'm saying. CD project red. I feel like does give you a good balance. It's not like you have to pay for every single thing. Like Sony not has charging you for an upgrade. $10 for fucking the PS five version of some of their first party games. So I don't, yeah, there's no, there's no reason to be, I mean, there's reason to be upset with CD project red with the release of cyberpunk, but, everything you know overall track record they've been pretty good to the consumer obviously cd project red our cyberpunk was a big fuck up it was also two years ago so get over gotta it. move past it at some point you know yeah so moving on here though we've got uh, an introduction of an interesting looking game by ncsoft so they have announced a project called lll most of their projects are given just single letter or multi-letter and then they will be given a full name later And this is supposed to be an MMO third-person shooter. The reason why we're bringing that up here on a PlayStation podcast is because if you remember from the last episode, NCSoft is also the South Korean developer that has recently paired with PlayStation to develop a Horizon MMO. So I saw this gameplay for it and thought it looks pretty interesting. It's about a 10-minute video and just wanted to throw this in here to maybe get some familiarity with the developer because they're going to be working on something that is going to be first-party or using a first-party IP, I should say, specifically. So this open-world third-person shooter will be arriving in 2024 on consoles and PC. LLL features a 30-square-kilometer open world where a post-apocalyptic soul, a 10th-century Byzantine empire, and a 23rd century, and the 23rd century coexist in one timeline. Did either of you watch this? I did send it in the chat. If you didn't, it is okay. I did not watch it. I was trying to think of a good pun to lean in. You know, been giving it a good lead into the stories. And I couldn't really do anything with this title, you know. I was thinking about, you know, Witcher 3 free expansion gets you hard, but this studio will keep you soft. Well, I don't know, because I, I, the, yeah, so the gameplay actually looked really, I thought it looked really good. I was it does look thoroughly good. impressed. <laughs> I was thoroughly impressed for it if it's years away and it's a developer I don't know about. Now, of course, this could be deceiving and might not actually be the case, but the best way to describe it is it looks futuristic. The gameplay and the HUD really looks like The Division a lot. 
and but the it's not actual, bad if it's good it's well, a good hud no the hud is good and it looks interesting but the actual atmosphere and setting looked really cool i see the combination of the old empire and new or modern and futuristic all meshing at the same time it looked really cool i think it's worth checking out for for anyone, I guess, that just wants to to see it. I don't actually know what kind of game it will be when it releases, but like I said, just because they're signing on to do Horizon, I wanted to kind of see what they had, what kind of skills yeah. they had. And it's also coming to consoles too, so I think this is like, you know, NCSoft trying to get into the console space because I do believe before this and Horizon, they were primarily PC kind of devs only, so it's interesting. Hopefully, you know, Hopefully all these games are good. I am interested to see how this affects the Horizon development, like how far off that game was. They did, because even last week when we were talking about it, they were like in the conceptual stage of the game. This definitely seems to have a lot more like legwork already done. I would say 2025 or 26 for the Horizon. Yeah, because this is 24, right? Yeah, this one's 24. So yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so, and with that, We can continue on here. The holiday season is coming up. And with the holiday season, we've got Black Friday. And according to a credible leaker, PS Plus is going to be getting a discount for up to 25% off for annual purchases this Black Friday. So running from November 18th to the 28th, Black Friday itself is on the 25th. This offer is reported to see the 12-month PlayStation Plus subscriptions available for the following prices. The essential tier, which is the lowest tier, will be $44.99. It's normally $60. The extra tier is $75. It's normally $100. And the premium tier will be $90, which is normally $120. A small breakdown of this is essential is your basic cloud saves online two to three free games a month. Your extra is, think of your Xbox Game Pass competitor. This is going to be your PlayStation 4, 5, couple hundred of games curated every month and then your premium tier is the one that we kind of don't know why we're still paying for but this is your classic (laughs) games that they're supposed to be adding every month now with this i'll go ahead and just go straight into the november releases and then we can talk a little bit about this in its entirety so for november in the playstation plus extra and premium tiers which these are going to be your highest tiers you have elder scrolls 5 skyrim special edition ps4 and ps5 rainbow six siege ps5 version 2 all Kingdom Hearts titles, so it's Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, 3, Melody of Memory, and the a whole collection, basically. They're all PS4 titles. Oddworld Soulstorm, which is PS4, PS5, Division 2, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Chorus, What Remains of Edith Finch, The Gardens Between, Earth Defense Force World Brothers, Earth Defense Force Iron Rain, Oni Chanbara Origin, it's a PS4 game, and then... And the premium tier for classics is going to be Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank 2 Going Commando, Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal, Deadlocked, and Ratchet and Clank Future Tools of Destruction. So there are five titles there. They are all running on PS3. They are not downloadable. They are streamable, which is shitty. And this is to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Ratchet and Clank. So... Basically, I, with at least with these, just kind of summing these up, I think the offering is pretty decent, but I think the Ratchet and Clank stuff is a little bit weird because I'm not going to play them for streaming, and this is what you're supposedly paying the most for. So, Joel, do you have any feelings about these releases or or the discount? 
Um, the discount is pretty solid, honestly. The twenty five percent off does help a lot, and that yearly and that yearly uh, rate is also cheaper than doing it month to month. So that's it's a pretty. It's like you're getting a double deal basically on those. Um, but PlayStation Plus Extra, the offerings look great. I mean, like five Kingdom Hearts games. That's pretty solid. I might dive into them, even though I have access to them already. But for some reason, when they're added to a service, it's like it reminds it in your brain that you're like, oh yeah, maybe I should play that. Uh, the other game that I was also thinking about trying was that chorus game. I don't know if you looked into that, but it looks pretty cool. It's like sci-fi. It's like I know you don't like Star Wars, but it's like playing like a Star Wars, like a like you're like a pilot in the world of this like sci-fi world, and it seems pretty cool. It seems to have like a pretty solid uh Metacritic score and stuff like that. But the premium, the premium, the premium is what we always have an issue with with this uh with the new PlayStation Plus system is that the premium just kind of always has like not been shown any love at all it's been given the worst offerings every single month when you compare it to extra there's been there's never been anything where you're like man maybe i should get the premium or or stay with the premium it's always like well the extra looks good there's nothing i don't feel like that's enticing people to pull them to that tier so and then yeah and then also with the Ratchet and Clank 25th anniversary, having all the games be PS3 streaming games is kind of disrespectful. Like if I was Insomniac, I'd be like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" Well, yeah, I, I wonder if if Insomniac really even cares because they wouldn't be getting any money from it. I don't think. But I agree, I, you're doing the PS3 ones without question because it's the easiest for you to do since you already have a released version of that. But it shows that you're putting in no extra effort in it at all, really, when you're not even porting them to make them downloadable. When they're PS2 games and you have PS2 games ported over with trophy support, so we know you can do it, but we're also paying you to do it, so you should technically be offering us a service. If we pay you, you should probably be using that money or at least a portion of it to offer us something. And then to echo what you were saying, the real only motivation to get into this tier at the beginning is when they launched with siphon filter and wild arms that had trophy support and then they didn't really ever follow that up to even the same measure they did release siphon filter too but i I agree it's just a really lackluster showing for what is supposed to be your most expensive tier yeah i mean i don't know if you tried this streaming the streaming seems just like the same shit as now it doesn't seem like it's gotten any better even on ps5 it hasn't really been a markable change from ps4 ps4 pro days so what well, has you, it has it i was gonna ask you also before you go into that was also have you like ever thought about lowering your tier because i've honestly like legitimately now i've been like yeah i could save a few bucks i mean you know shit's getting expensive like this is an easy way to save some money and i don't i legitimately don't play any of the premium games well, number one, if you want to lower your premium, you know that won't affect your collection. Yeah. <laughs> so you can do that if you want. I personally probably won't just because I, I don't think it's that expensive for me to just keep. Uh, and so especially with how much we play games, I'm at least inter- like I'll have Wild Arms. Oh, I played Ape Escape. I forgot to mention I thought Ape Escape 1 was an excellent addition to have as a launch game. So... Mm-hmm. I'm hoping there will be something there for me. So I'll keep it just because I also purchase them annually. So I kind of out of sight, out of mind for me, especially when they rolled out over originally when they launched the new tiers, it was from my now subscription. So I didn't even pay anything really. So I'm just kind of not thinking about it at the moment. 
Now, what I was going to say is that with the with the streaming something Mm -hmm. that i think that i don't know if it's i think maybe i've heard it be mentioned before but i don't it does seem like it's the same thing as now first of all i think you're correct in saying that but i also think that there's not really anything that the ps5 can do for it because these are running on fucking ps3s that are in a sweatshop warehouse somewhere so regardless of what you have on the receiving end those ps3s are never going to get any better that's how i'm looking at it so if those ps3s are pushing out the games that you're streaming on, you're using an extremely old piece of hardware to stream it. So even if you have yeah. a great PS5 or a really beefy PC, you're still streaming off of a, I mean, shit, you're streaming off of a, what, 16-year-old console? PS3 came Damn. out in 2006. That shit can drive. Yeah. Like, that can't run these games across the internet. That's true. And then also... Not only are they 16 years old, they definitely have to be like losing PS3s. Like their PS3s have to die out eventually, and it's just continually getting worse. And then also, we're moving into age where it wasn't really the norm in PS4 time, but PS5, 60 frames per second is kind of like the baseline. And now we have games like God of War pushing higher than that, targeting like 90, 120. Deathloop has a 120 mode. So even trying to do streaming and like playing it excuse me, doing streaming and playing it with a delay and it also only being 30 frames because it's a PS3. It's like, it's just really not ideal right now for this generation and what the standard is for video games at the moment. Because even Xbox has, with their Game Pass, you know, we like to, you know, we like to throw little jabs, but they're doing it correctly in terms of their older catalog where they the games do upscale with the console. So they will run smoother. They will look a little better. It's like, because they're naturally downloaded games so the system knows how to make it better. I don't understand why PlayStation doesn't know how to do that. Not and like to... this PS. And I'm oh, sorry, uh, you go. No, no, you go, you go. I was just gonna say, and it sucks because the PS3 is my favorite, probably console generation. It's probably when I became like a a legitimate gamer. It's when my my world opened up. It's when I was like when I fell in love with the gaming industry as a whole and just talking about games. And it reminds me of a very positive time in my life. And it just sucks that I really have no access to that unless I play it legitimately on a PS3. I was going to say, not to mention that when you're streaming it, you have to stream through the interface of the PlayStation 3 cross-media bar, which sounds like it could be nostalgic, but it just it adds a layer of frustration when you're trying to stream the games because now if you want to look at trophies or anything like that, you're not getting the smooth new UI that they've spent years to work on. You're having to poorly stream the... PS3, XMB, which it's just like, it's overall, it's a painful experience. There's like kind of nothing good about it. Yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, the, the streaming is bad. Game streaming is not a good idea. Stadia died. PlayStation now essentially died and became this new amalgamation on this PlayStation Plus premium thing. And I mean, I know Xbox offers it, but that's not their selling point. Yeah, I agree. But that's okay because if you if you don't mind, you know, spending a little bit of cash, I see you've got a list here of the best performing games coming out. Oh yeah. So, MPD released its numbers for uh, October and it looks as uh, it looks like everything is normal in the world. The PlayStation 5 was the best selling console for last month and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 top sales for October. 
So on the PlayStation 5 front, it uh, top sales in terms of units sold and monies generated. And and uh, Xbox follows suit in second place for both categories. And then the top 10 selling games, this is going from 1 to 10. Uh, number 1, as I already mentioned, was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Number 2, which is shocking to me just because of the bad PR I got, was Gotham Knights. And then number 3 was FIFA 23, which was last month's number 1 selling game. Number 4, Madden NFL 23. Number 5, NHL 23. Number 6, Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Number 7, Persona 5. Number 8, NBA 2K23. Number 9, Bayonetta 3. And number 10, Elden Ring. Other other notable games in the top 20 included Mario Kart 8 at 11, which is incredible because that game's already sold a bajillion copies. And Minecraft at 13, same deal. It's still crazy that people are buying that game. And at number 16 was uh, Dragon Ball The Breakers, which was a kind of a 4v, 4v1 multiplayer kind of experience that really didn't get that much hype, but apparently sold a few units. And the last one that caught my eye was number 20, uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And again, MPD does not count uh, digital sales, so these are all just physical sales. So, Mark, what do you think about those numbers? I mean, I agree with you with Gotham Knights. It's surprising. I know that it's it's Batman and it's DC, so it is a, a series and a franchise that appeals to a lot of people, but it got bad press because, as we were saying... It's standard in the industry to have your games running at 60 frames. And this game is famous for running at 30. And if you, you know, go anywhere on YouTube, you can find some really excellent comparison videos between 2015's Arkham Knight and 2022's Gotham Knights. And it's kind of shocking, honestly, how much better Rocksteady's developed Arkham Knight runs compared to this back then. They're running that not even on a PS4 Pro. You have to remember, this is still just base PS4. It looks mm-hmm. better. It kind of has more going on. Clearly, the gameplay felt better. So I'm, I guess I'm just kind of talking too much about Gotham Knights, but I'm surprised that it's number two. The other things that kind of stand out to me here is, you know, obviously Elden Ring has been a, a top seller the entire year, so I see that still staying strong. But talking about the stinky switch, right, or the the, <laughs> the, the, the switch for a second with knowing that it sells a lot of... It sells a ridiculous amount of, of hardware and games for their first-party IP. Bayonetta 3 was reviewed very well, but to see it at number 9 on the list to me proves that Nintendo's kind of only real strength is your Mario, your Zelda, your Donkey Kong. And so I kind of don't really understand why they wanted to be exclusive to that platform. I feel like that's kind of just going to screw like them over. I that's still impressive, though, finishing in the top 10. Being only on the Switch, but it's a really good reviewed game. That yeah, but I don't think I don't think positive reviews correlate to like being a top seller. But I but I I, th- I thought a honestly, ten was, definitely, but maybe not a nine. You're right. Yeah, so I was. I mean, honestly, I was kind of. I thought you were going to go a different route. I thought you were going to be like, "Wow, the Stinky Switch does sell a lot of units." Because if you look at this list, they have one, two, three, four, and I believe there was another game that was on the on that list that I didn't mention in here. So they had like five of the top 20 selling games. So Nintendo does move units. It's just that I feel like they kind of are like slow, slow burning units. Like this Mario plus Rabbids game 
is never going to be like a top five finisher. And it's probably after now being at six when it first came out, it's probably not going to even crack the top 10 again. But I bet you it's like at the end of its lifespan, it's going to sell like 10, 15 million units. I would like, say maybe. I would say I maybe know. my my counter argument here is that for Mario Kart 8 and Super Smash, I think those will sell forever because people just get a Switch and everyone is going to buy those two games or Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. I, I think... Well, I don't know as much with Mario and Rabbids. I think what I was trying to say is with Bayonetta 3, I see that as just being it should have its biggest pop up front, and then I think that will die away. So I think it's low for its initial pop. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely for Bayonetta, that it's not going to have as long a lifespan as the other Mario games, because obviously Mario just the name itself sells. And also, speaking of names, Gotham Knights shocked me too, because Batman's not in the title. So it kind of you kind of have to be a little bit in the know to know that it's a Batman universe kind of game. So that's Gotham. I also th- if you're a Batman yeah, fan are, and you don't know what Gotham is, I mean, come on. I know what you're saying, and I agree that you know there are a lot of mouth breathers on this planet. But if you don't know what Gotham is, you're a Batman. Fan. Well, okay, sorry. I'm going. To, I think that it probably just builds to again like how great the original Arkham trilogy is. Maximum weight that's detected. True. Now, you know, even me saying that, you can call me out that I said the Arkham Trilogy, but the developers of Gotham Knights did make Arkham Origins, but everyone kind of forgets about that one. And there may be a reason that we did (laughs) if we're looking at Gotham Knights. And also, I just looked up sales numbers for the first Mario Rabbids game. It only sold 2 million, so I'm talking out of my ass. You're not talking out of your ass. I had a lot of copies. I don't think you're talking out of your ass. I just think that it's... You saw Mario, which I completely understand being like, well, that means that it's going to sell a lot. But I just think that Nintendo has your your couple of staple games that almost everyone who buys them will get. And I think those are Mario Kart 8, Super Smash, Breath of the Wild, and Animal Crossing. I think are the four games that almost everyone who has a Switch will either buy or will at least want to play. And also every Pokemon game that's released every year sells. I think that's only for Pokemon fans, though. And I know that's a lot of people, but I'm saying... That sells like 15 million, like yeah. easy. Well, anyway, either way, I'm saying that I think Bayonetta 3, I'm kind of surprised that it's that low. And Platinum ain't been hitting where they need to be hitting, so that's also why I'm mentioning that. Yeah, that's true. But overall, pretty pretty uh, standard sales numbers. Obviously, Call of Duty being number one is probably going to ride the number one wave for a hot minute, especially with all the positive press. I think overall, maybe not media likes it, but the gaming community as a whole has been very... Uh, happy with the product i agree and and it probably might have got snubbed for what i'm about to talk about next for uh, game awards the jeff Kelly hosted game awards which happens on december 8th this year announced their game of the year nominees and there's a few games in here that kind of stuck out to me but let's just go over the nominees for game of the year at the game awards this year uh god of war ragnarok elden ring a Plague Tale Requiem, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Also note that uh, God of War Ragnarok leads all games with 10 award nominations. Yeah, the, the Game of the Year nominees, I think obviously this is going to be subjective. God of War Ragnarok, yep. Elden Ring, yep. Forbidden West, sure. And then it gets a little bit muddy for me. I would say Stray, hell no. 
strong hell no i played it no ghostwire platinumed it and enjoyed it it is not a game of the year contender a plague tale requiem i have not played but based on every person that i've heard talk about it it sounds like a good or fine game not game of the year xenoblade i don't have that much experience here for me personally and i'd want to hear what you would say you would want i guess in there for me it's i i don't know how sifu is not in this conversation at least a little bit especially that's what i was thinking too the first was that when i saw stray i'm like how is sifu not on that was, I, know, I didn't play but i know you loved it that's exactly it so with god of war ragnarok elden ring and forbidden west i wouldn't mention sifu because i could see they're going for the larger scale marquee titles and that makes sense to me but when i saw stray in there i was like okay so you're going to try to show some kind of indie love and if you're doing that as you said i mean God of War is obviously coming in really strong here, and we're going to see how how it goes when I finish it. But without God of War in the picture, Sifu was my game of the year, no question. So I would easily take Stray out of this and put Sifu in it. I think it's, I think it's, I, I do think it's BS that Stray or uh, Sifu is not mentioned here. But what is there anything you would have in here instead? I heard you say Ghostwire. Is there anything else? I mean, I really, I did love Ghostwire. I don't think it would be a game of the year contender, but I'm shocked. Like Dying Light Two is not mentioned in here. That that was a game. It had it was a little buggy, but I think overall everybody liked it. Just looking at some of the other games on here, I'm like, this. I feel like that game is better than some of the games that are on this list. Um, also, looking at what was also released, um, there was just a game I was just looking at. But yeah, Ghostwire and uh, um, Dying Light Two were kind of shocking to not be on there. And then also Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I didn't. It didn't even really get a lot of lovey. I feel like in terms of like a lot of people being active about their appreciation for the game, but I really did enjoy my time with that game. It was probably the best like uh, shooter experience I played this year. And yeah, I think it was probably outside of Call of Duty. Obviously, I'm talking more single player. Yeah, I just think it, it is a. A couple of the games just do strike me really weird. I already said, I guess all I can... Well, if I want to break it down a little bit with Stray, it's weird to me too because you're not really getting a narrative. You're not really getting great gameplay. So I don't really understand what would make a game of the year on top of... People love cats. Well, people love cats, sure, but they liked cats for a week and then the game disappeared. Yeah, that is. I mean, yeah, but it was trending on Twitter, the top trending topic when it was, it was released. Free. So that, it was not free. It was part of, of a subscription well, service. Well, tell the Xbox players that all those games are not free. That's well. That's just because that's what they like to think. <laughs> that's what they like to tell themselves. But it was part of a subscription service. But no, I definitely agree in terms of. I I feel like Stray. It's like the equivalent in my mind because even it got a, it got like a lot of media coverage too. It's like. It's almost like an industry plant, like a musician, like equivalent of an industry plant. Like the media is telling us they love this game, but everybody's like, it was all right. It was fun to play as a cat. I'm just going to say it right now. Game of the year should have been Last of Us Part 1. Also, yeah, I was I I was 50-50 on it would being nominated, but looking at this list, I'm like, Last of Us Part 1 should have been thrown up there if you're fucking putting up Stray and... A Plague Tale. Not disrespect to Plague Tale, but I'm like, eh. I, I've heard people no, no, no. that played the first one not love the not love the sequel as much. I think this is weird for sure. I think if anything, 
I just went through a list of uh, what IGN claimed were their best reviewed games. Not saying that they're the definitive, but just as a quick kind of brief because they have a list of what... It's a good North Star. Yeah, what they've reviewed as an 8 or above over 2022. And just kind of looking at that, like I said, still taking out a Plague Tale or Stray, you could put Ghostwire, you could put Sifu... I mean, Gran Turismo 7 is a fantastic game. Oh, shit. I forgot now, about that, too. I know that some people might be like, well, that's not really game of the year material. I mean, Forza 5 was all over that shit last year. Like, we're not saying it has to be a winner here, because obviously it's going to come down to God of War or Elden Ring. And I would assume, Definitely. honestly, I would assume it's going to win God of War mostly for the connections in the industry. Because I don't know how yeah. it's measured, but that's why I think, well, which is okay, because we are aware of that. But when you and also really, the media people being able to actually finish the game. Yeah, when you think about it, it's, it's really going to come down to Ragnarok and Elden Ring. Maybe there's a small chance Forbidden West is like in the conversation, but that's not going to win it. But a Plague Tale, Requiem, Stray, and Xenoblade are... Xenoblade I won't really say much on, but Stray and a Plague Tale, they don't have a fucking chance. And if they did win it, it would just be a headline of like, how is this decided? We need a recount. I kind of want it now to find. I kind of am now turning, and I want Stray to win Game of the Year. I want Stray to just be like full on industry plant. We love this game, and they're just like everybody's like, "What the fuck is going on with Stray?" We get sequels for Stray. We get a TV show for Stray. I just want it all now for Stray. Stray is Hideo Kojima's next game. Oh shit! Stray two partnership. Stray two. Oh shit! And then you can tie it in like Death Stranding too, but like Norman Reedus has a cat. Yeah, this is a kind of a BS list, but that's fine. Yeah, honestly, when I saw it, I was like, I wanted to add it right before we hopped on, but it was a little disappointing. You it know, just, that it felt this like they could have highlighted some other games. Yeah, and I, and I know this isn't how they do it, but you know, this is a list that they didn't have people vote on for sure. Yeah, Jeff Keighley's taking some bags underneath. The- He's definitely taken some, yeah, some under the table cash for this. And I bet you we're going to see that Chinese level infinite all over that shit. That's a separate topic, but we're just saying that Jeff Keighley is a paid shill. But he is. I mean, Jeff Keighley low key might be a little bit of a Sony pony because I do feel like every time a Sony exclusive comes out, it usually ends up on the game of the year noms. Not well, always winning, but they are always nom- nominated. Forza won it last year, right? I don't know if Forza won it. It might have, but I'm saying that just to say that he, I think he'll take the bag from anyone. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, he's definitely. But I'm saying like he, he's shown a a, a penchant to like Sony and PlayStation products and the winner them last a lot. year was It Takes Two, which is not. I don't. You wouldn't disagree. That is with a that, great correct? game. I wouldn't. Like dis- game. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, so that so maybe maybe the game awards is trying to go indie now and just like you know get and the hardcore. And you can loves. sign in to vote for game of the year if you oh, go to what the are game you awards for, website. Mark? I'm not. I mean, if I do it, I'll probably do Ragnarok. But it's a, you don't have to disclose your voting information. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not doing it right now anyway. But I probably <laughs> would do Ragnarok unless something crazy happens. Okay, so. I'm looking at the list from last year. Just want to bring this up because I was wrong. But on top of okay. me being wrong, their list last year was also kind of sus. Their list, <laughs> but a little bit less. Their list last year was Deathloop, which I agree with, at least for a conversation. It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village, which Resident Evil Village is not a game. That's wild. Yeah, no. Holy but. Shit. Am I 
Am I tripping? Was did Forza release in 2020? Maybe it did release in 2020. Horizon Five. Yeah, that was a 21 game. If that's a 21 game, then yeah, I don't know how that's I think not IG, in here. I think IGN had it in their Game of the Year noms. So yeah, I don't know. Weird. So that weird might have been the confusion. Yeah, but Jeff Keighley doesn't play fucking racing games. He's a coward. He's scared to go fast. I mean, that's why Sonic Frontiers isn't here either. Yeah, you're right. That's why <laughs> he's scared to go fast. That's a good observation. But uh, I feel like that's all we have to say. Do you have any closing thoughts, Mark? I don't. Horizon 5 is 2021. You're correct yet again. I don't have any closing thoughts. I'm still at least interested to watch the Game Awards on December 8th for oh, announcements. For sure, absolutely. But I don't have any closing thoughts. I will, as I say that I'm having a closing thought, I will try to move past the struggles with the spoiler. But it'll be a struggle of the mind and the heart, but I'll get through it. Or I won't. And hopefully... And then yeah, Stray will be my game fine. of the year, because I at least finished exactly. that. Perfect. So it there comes you full go. circle, really. Yeah, so you're, uh, you're a shill for Stray as well. Yeah, That's I am a shill. <laughs> I got the Stray Platinum, and I'm proud of it. I know, you're here talking shit about the one game you beat on the list. Yeah, bro, fuck that game. I even have the PS4 <laughs> version downloaded for a second plot if I want it. Oh, my Not an auto-pop. Not an auto-pop. The filth is real. I have a few auto-pops if you want to start auto-popping. All right, easy. Pop- yeah, so. All right, easy, easy. Well, that's all I've got if you don't have anything. That's all I have, too, for this week of Go for Bronze, ladies and gentlemen. We love you. Come back next week. I'm lonely. The Go for Bronze podcast is a production of Go for Bronze LLC Copyright 2022. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so via email at goforbronze.mail at gmail.com. Stop with my dreams. You can check out our YouTube channel at Go for Bronze, Twitch at Go for Bronze Pod, Instagram at Go for Bronze Pod, and Twitter at Go for Bronze Pod. Till next time, this is the Big Dog. <laughs>